now she has Charlotte Flair in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position. Both women showing the wounds of battle, signs of exhaustion as this one gets dragged deep into the waters. And showing her strength with the suplex. We might just see it again. Is this where Ripley disposes of the threat known as the Queen all the way from the top? Charlotte attacking Ripley's knee. Rolling out from the top. Queen all alone. Yeah. Oh. Bobby Lashley 
she can put this thing away at any moment now. We, we all can clearly see that. I think the referee's actually calling for a cover right now. No mercy from the Almighty. Bobby Lashley letting the crowd know this is what she wanted. Uh, again. Lashley has Kobe Kingston hoisted up one more time. Another Dominator. And that is the Dominator right there. And that's his message. Cheers from the WWE Universe. Unhappy with what we are all being forced to witness. Almighty one with limitless power and limitless power has been on display tonight. Her lock this has got to be done. I just want to call this. Kofi Kingston is going to suffer permanent damage. Look at the position. He's limp, Gordon. Stop He's limp. Stop the match. Stop the match, Chad. What's up, everybody, and welcome into Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood as we review Money in the Bank from Fort Worth, Texas. The pay-per-view taking place in front of fans, and I'm talking about not just a few fans. I'm talking about thousands of fans. We haven't seen this in quite some time, and here we are in front of fans. WWE Money in the Bank review. You heard the highlights there to start our podcast. Interesting ebb and flow to this podcast, and let's talk about it right here. Don't forget, you can follow along on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Let me start first with the main event, the WWE Universal Championship between Roman Reigns and Edge. You know what I like about Edge the most? What I like about Edge is he makes you believe. Edge makes you believe. When you watch Edge in the ring, it doesn't feel like Goldberg. It doesn't feel like some of the guys like Batista or others that have come through. Because you know one thing about Vince McMahon, he loves the old acts, right? It's not enough that he's got a young roster and he's got veterans all across the WWE landscape. Whether it's NXT, whether it is uh, Raw, SmackDown, he's got plenty of wrestlers that he can go to. But... He goes with the veterans. But when I watch Edge, I don't see an aging veteran. I see a person that looked as if he could have won the Universal Championship against Roman Reigns. Even if you're the smartest of smart wrestling fans. And you say, no, I mean, they got to keep Roman strong and Roman's the future. I understand that. But now when I watch Edge from his entrance, one of the best entrances in pro wrestling history for me, definitely in the top ten. When he comes out with all that energy and tells the fans to come on, give me the energy that I need to be able to battle. When I hear Edge's promos, they don't feel like the scripted 
um, color by numbers type of uh, promos that you hear from the WWE, usually on Raw and SmackDown, right? When I see Edge, I just see someone from a different time, but someone who I think that fits today. I don't see an aging veteran. I don't see Goldberg when I see Edge. I see a guy that, whether it's a great match against Randy Orton, whether it's against Roman Reigns that we just saw, I see someone that feels like, feels still fresh to me. And that may be because of nine or ten years off, but I see someone who still cares and wrestles with passion. So when I watch the ever flow of this match, of course, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, okay, Roman Reigns is going to win this championship, and he'll be able to win the match. But, you know, watching this, I was thinking that, okay, let these two just be able to battle, and if Roman's going to win, let him win clean. It just couldn't happen. Roman Reigns with all that bravado, Roman Reigns with all, all that great mic work, all this manipulation with his family. He needed uh, his cousins, and he needed Seth Rollins to be able to win the championship, to retain the championship. It's like, yeah, you know, at some point, you want to see Roman Reigns be able to be strong. We saw that at WrestleMania, right? But it took a little outside interference, and Roman Reigns retained the championship. I thought that that was an outstanding match. Really loved that match, and I thought it was the best match on the card. The main event really was the main event, and even though I'm a Roman Reigns fan, I thought Edge tipped it in. Edge made this very interesting for me. So congratulations to both because they tell a great story. I could have done without the outside interference, but I understand they're telling a story. But man, I felt like just in the little back of my mind, I'm like, "Eh, what if Edge wins? And that's his persona that makes me believe that he can win. Big E gets the Money in the Bank Championship. He gets the contract, and now he has an opportunity to get a World Championship match with that contract. Good for Big E. You just knew that with the New Day, not necessarily breaking up, but you understand kind of going their own ways, Big E deserves his opportunity. And he had some formidable opponents in there with Drew McIntyre and John Morrison and Kevin Owens. And Nakamura and Ricochet, Riddle, and Seth Rollins. So, number one, when you see Riddle in particular, you know that's going to be a spot fest, right? I mean, here's a guy here that has been undermined a ton in the WWE. Uh, if you saw him in the independence, you know that he can go. You know that he is a terrific performer, but yet he gets undermined as just a spot guy. So, okay, so he has the most incredible spots, I thought, in the Money in the Bank ladder match, and he gets nothing for it. But he puts on a show, and so did Riddle. I thought that he was terrific, and so does John Morrison. Did you hear the fans at Fort Worth chanting Johnny Drip Drip? That's got to piss McMahon off. Vince McMahon has his own ideas on who's over and who's not. And you can hear the fans in Fort Worth. You can hear the type of wrestlers that they liked and were supporting. And John Morrison is someone who I've said before on this podcast, was part of a tag team with Miz, had to leave to prove himself, wrestling in Mexico, wrestling in uh, Lucha Underground, other places, Impact, to try to prove himself. To only come back to the WWE to be in the same spot. <laughs> Never mind that he was a terrific singles performer, 
Uh, never mind that he was able to prove himself away from Miz. He comes back and he's right back where he started. And that's the WWE for you. Fans like John Morrison. John Morrison was different. Uh, and because he was different, Vince McMahon didn't get it. I just remember him being buried in commentary by Michael Cole saying, ah, this John Morrison, I don't get it. What is it not to get? A guy that is strong, a guy that's got a great look, a guy that's wrestled all over the world. Why can't he be a major singles champion in WWE? You know why? Because Vince doesn't get it, doesn't see it. That guy's not marketable. Doesn't make sense to me. So, Drew McIntyre, we have seen before, be in the public eye uh, as a champion. I'd like to see him be champion again in front of fans and see how that works. Kevin Owens, Nakamura, you know, Seth Rollins, we know these, all these guys can work. The WWE Raw Women's Championship was interesting. With Charlotte Flair winning again, she wins another championship. I'm a Rhea Ripley fan. Uh, I love Rhea Ripley when I first saw her in NXT UK, and I said, boy, this is a different look. Tall, strong, a different look than most women in that particular um, WWE, whether it's Raw, SmackDown, any of the shows. She looked different. She's built different, and I like her. And so Charlotte Flair, <laughs> who is the human avatar, by the way, she definitely has a different look than she had like five years ago. Charlotte Flair flips off the fans in Fort Worth because they're chanting, you know, we, they didn't want Charlotte Flair, they didn't want Rhea Ripley. They wanted the man. <laughs> they wanted Becky Lynch. And Charlotte Flair flipped off the fans. And did you notice that the screen went black? Like, hey, what happened to the screen? It's so strange, isn't it, that this company is WWE? Let them be who they want to be. Now, of course... I don't think anyone expected for Charlotte Flair to flip off the fans. But then the screen goes black, like, oh, we can't show that. Why? Why? You built a company with a guy flipping off fans and flipping off everybody. But now it's a different day. It's not that PG. It's not that serious. She is a heel, and she wants everyone to know that she's a heel. And Charlotte Flair wins over Rhea Ripley. And so I thought it was a very good match. It was a sec my second favorite match uh, for this pay-per-view. And... Charlotte Flair deserves another opportunity to be the Raw Women's Champion. I have no problem with that. So I'm all good with that. And Rhea Ripley has a very, very bright future. You know, I don't know why there will be some, and Dave Meltzer has said this on Wrestling Observer, that the WWE is just trying to get Charlotte to catch up to Rick as far as being the 17 or 18-time champion. You don't have to run through these championships so quickly. That's the problem after the year 2000 where championships were just moved around, you know, like the hot potato. Okay, so now you can't believe in anybody because they're a champion for like three, three days, three, day, three weeks, three months. Okay, so you can't really buy into one person if the championship's moving around so often. But whatever. So did you hear the fans rooting for Kofi Kingston? In the WWE Championship match, did you hear the fans behind Kofi Kingston? Now, you know that Bobby Lashley was the odds-on favorite, a huge favorite to win the match. But did you hear the fans? God, it had house show vibes, didn't it? I mean, you don't hear fans that audible very often in the WWE. I mean, really 
openly chanting for baby faces. You just don't get that very often in because everyone's smart now and no one wants to have an emotional attachment, whatever, right? I still believe in that. I still think that's good for wrestling. I, I loved that crowd in Fort Worth because it's a wrestling city. Dallas-Fort Worth is a, has been a wrestling city for generations for a long, long time. So they get it and they were into it. So hats off to them. But you hear the fans, though. Bobby Lashley's mad at MVP because he feels like MVP's made him soft. No more Corbell, no more women, none of this. He wants to be the almighty Bobby Lashley, the guy that's just tearing up people. Why was Kofi Kingston the example in that spot? Why him? Kofi Kingston had little to no offense. He was destroyed. There are still people that are bitter about Kofi Kingston and the way he lost the championship against Brock Lesnar. The debut on Fox was like less than, what, 15 seconds? Less than a minute, I know for sure. It didn't take long for Kofi Kingston to drop the championship to Brock Lesnar. Was it the right thing to do? Yes. In that way, no. But Kofi Kingston was shown to be some kind of example on this pay-per-view, and I don't understand why that's the case. Don't you think Bobby Lashley's strong? Don't you think Bobby Lashley's over as the WWE champion? So if that's the case, then why did he have to do that to Kofi Kingston? Kofi Kingston, like CM Punk, like Rey Mysterio, uh, like Daniel Bryan, like Bray Wyatt, and the list goes on and on, of wrestlers that were the WWE champion but was never the guy. And I know that was the way for Kofi Kingston. I mean, he had some really good matches with Randy Orton and others. And you know that title reign was going to end at some point. I mean, he he wasn't going to have uh, a hogan backland uh, type run. So I understand that. But why was Kofi Kingston the person that had to take a, an ass whooping like that? Wasn't Bobby Lashley already over? So why Kofi? I didn't understand that. I understand Bobby Lashley having to be over in this matchup because his attitude has changed and he's gone up to an 11 now from the 10 that he was. But why Kofi? I didn't like that. AJ Styles and Omos, they defeated the Viking Raiders. AJ Styles and Omos are baby faces, right? At least according to that crowd, they were. Omos has a long way to go before he can be what I would consider a legit WWE superstar. Almost does have some moves as far as power, but his selling is awful. Like, I understand that he's a big guy, big, a big tall guy, but, I mean, he seems still green as the trees in front of my home. Seriously. Like, he's still needs some ways to go. Now, AJ Styles is over. I totally understand that. But he and Almost, it's just, um, I don't know why they had to defeat the Viking Raiders. For the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. it's I mean, the match was just you know below average to me. Because almost still needs some work to be done. That guy should have been in NXT. I really believe he should have been in NXT and to be able to learn. NXT UK, whatever it takes. He needs to have more seasoning. He's a big guy, but still leaves a lot to be desired in some ways. So... It's not quite Giant Gonzalez yet. He's not Elegante. <laughs> he's not quite that, but he needs. He's got some seasoning that he's got to put on him, uh, and that will only 
work with time, right? With time, he'll be much better. But I was not impressed by him and Styles and almost got past the Viking Raiders. And I also didn't like almost speaking to him actually talking. I thought that that was strange, too. It's just like that guy should never speak. Then he was speaking. Then it was a kind of like in a joking matter, typical of WWE, making him a joke. The Money in the Bank ladder match for the women's contract. Nikki Ash, not Bill Ash, Nikki Ash got past Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Liv Morgan, who I thought was a favorite to win it, Zelina Vega, Tamina, and Natalia, and Naomi, by the way. Oh, God forbid Naomi would win. <laughs> this company, I swear. It doesn't matter what the fans like, as long as the promotion likes who they like and they'll push who they want to push. So Nikki Ash, she puts on this ridiculous outfit. And I liked Nikki when she was just crazy, right? I thought that that was a great gimmick, but now she's almost a superhero. They put a mask on her, and now she is the Money in the Bank ladder match. I'm happy for her. I just don't like the gimmick. I think it sucks. And the pre-show, this is where tag team wrestling is. The tag team match that was I thought was the better match that should have been the th- the uh, second match on this particular card. Unfortunately, the Usos is in the pre-show match and they win over Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. That was the better tag team match rather than AJ and almost against the Viking Raiders. Why was the, the Usos buried in the pre-show? I don't know. But I'm happy for the Usos. But it does say something about uh, the Usos, that they are the tag team champions. It says something about that, right? Because why are they both on television? Why are they both on TV? Uh, Jimmy Uso has had multiple problems with DUIs. And I don't know why that was the case. I don't understand why that is. Um, Because Jimmy Uso needs help. The latest story that I have is from July 5th. Jonathan Fatu was arrested after being pulled over at approximately 1035 in Pensacola. Fatu ran a red light after they clocked him going 50 miles an hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone. They administered the breathalyzer, and Fatu's BAC came back at .202 and .205, which is well above the legal limit of .08. Misdemeanor DUI, citations for speeding, bond set at 500 bucks. That's the la- what I saw. How many times that we've seen this, but yet both are on television? Why is uh, Jimmy Uso on TV? The guy's got a problem with uh, DUIs. And yet, because of the storyline with Roman, both uh, both the Usos are on TV. Now, what's more important? Him getting his life straightened out? Or trying to push this storyline forward with the Usos and Roman Reigns? Typical WWE. It's amazing how many, I mean, listen, everyone deserves a second chance, but he's had multiple issues with DUIs. And you're a publicly traded company and this is happening. So what do the shareholders say about this? I don't get it. Again, it's a lot of things I don't understand about this company 
and I don't know why they're not getting help for him. And maybe they are off the record, but usually those things happen where he's away for like 90 days. There should be some suspension where he can be able to get the help that he needs because clearly there is a problem. Now Naomi is going to SmackDown, obviously, to look over her husband. But they're turning a blind eye to it. No statement from the WWE. Just the Usos are on there every Friday night on SmackDown. Don't understand. So overall, I give this pay-per-view about a B plus. And the reason why is because of the main event with Roman Reigns and Edge. And I really like that match. I don't know if we're going to see it anytime soon again, but I liked what I saw from those two. I like Charlotte Flair against Rhea Ripley in the singles match for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. And I... I mean, I like the Money in the Bank men's match because Big E was able to win and the spots were just tremendous. It was amazing spots. They were, and guys, and they all worked hard. The whole, the whole company, you know, on this pay-per-view worked as hard as possible. So I, I like this. And no matter what, the WWE, when it comes to pay-per-views, more times than not, they're going to deliver. You may not like what you see on Mondays and Fridays, but once again, they, they deliver. One other thing I'd like to say. Peacock needs to figure out their technical difficulties. I'm thinking I got problems with my uh, internet, and I did not. It was just issues where I had to go back a day later to be able to watch the pay-per-view without the interruptions. The WWE Network was a lot better. I didn't have those glitches and that darkness and all the issues. They need to figure out what the hell's going on here because... You're trying to watch a live pay-per-view, and I'm missing the women's, the AJ match with almost, and I'm, I am only got half of Lashley. I had to go back and watch it all just to review this pay-per-view with you here on TWT. They need to straighten their shit out. That was not good. Significant outages, not just here in Chicago where I'm living, but across the country. Uh, and some, of course, viewers called to cancel their partnership with, with Peacock <laughs> because of it, so... Don't forget, you can always uh, subscribe to this podcast. I appreciate your support as always, either on the ESPN Chicago app. You can click the ESPN Chicago app, download that app, look for TWT. You can find it there. You can find it on SoundCloud. You can find it on Stitcher. You can find it um, wherever you get your podcast. Just look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I always say, Just make sure that you tell people that I'm talking wrestling. Jonathan Hood talks wrestling on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. Leave five stars and review if you're listening on Apple Pods. I just need your support because we're going to move this podcast forward and do some great things moving forward. I'm Jonathan Hood with this review of Money in the Bank. We'll talk next time on TWT.